Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode 21 of the Voice Junkie Podcast. I'm Chuck West. A lot of different topics I want to jump into. A lot of different things happening over the last few days, including the Grammys. Yes, the Grammys returning back to NYC. Lots of stuff I want to talk about. Lots of things I want to get off my chest about how things were handled. Overall, though, the show was pretty good. I can't really complain too much. I mean, you can't be too uh, picky or judgmental over these award shows because they kind of are what they are. And in this case, I have a little bit of a gripe uh, with how they handled or didn't handle Jay-Z. I mean, I want to jump straight into it. First of all, Jay-Z was nominated, I believe, about seven or eight uh Grammy Awards, different categories like best song, you know, best record, best hip hop artist, yada, yada, yada. But he was nominated all these times for, in my opinion, one of the best records of the year. And that's his 444 album. If you want to talk about content, real deep content that just peels back so many layers uh, far as who an artist is or what that artist is going to at the time, that album 444 did all of those things. It checked all of those boxes. I mean, this is what you preach to artists to 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 dive deeper, show some introspective, and he did that in this album. And the fact that he didn't get one award for this out for uh, for, for this uh, 444 album is just criminal to me. I was tweeting this out. Uh, Oh, you know, of course, when the, the Grammys was happening, I was live tweeting this on Sunday. And, I'll, you know, there was some people out there who felt the way I felt. They shared the same sentiment that I felt. And it was just mind boggling to a lot of people how Jay-Z didn't receive any award for that album. It's crazy to me. It's criminal that that album didn't get one award. Now, granted, everybody who follows the music business... Or who just has a sense or beat on what's happening in the industry. You know, they watch the news or they read articles or they watch videos on YouTube, etc. You kind of knew where the night was going. Once Kendrick Lamar opened the show and he had Dave Chappelle sort of kind of introduce him in different parts of his performance. Or kind of narrate different parts of his performance. At that moment, I kind of knew Kendrick was going to clean up. I, I even, I probably even have it still on my timeline on Twitter at Chuck Westworld uh, that, yeah, clean, uh, Kendrick is going to clean up tonight. And I knew it. I mean, Kendrick is the flavor right now. He is the, he's like pizza right now. Everybody loves pizza. Everybody loves pizza. I love pizza. But. After a certain period of time, after, you know, after, you know, put it like this. After a certain period of time, you don't want to eat pizza anymore. You're like, oh, pizza is like my favorite. Uh, it's great. I love all the different toppings. After a certain point in time, you're going to say, I don't try all the toppings. You know, I, I, I'm not going to stop eating pizza, but I'm going to put it on the shelf for a little bit and try something else. And my thing with Kendrick is. A lot of the wins he had, of course, was well-deserved. Damn was a great album. Although, I didn't even listen to Damn. <laughs> to this day, I still have yet to listen to the album. Because I think it was just one. And, and I said this before for people that follow me at Chuck Westworld. 
uh, on different social media uh, platforms. I've said this to people, you know, when I released my uh, top 10 albums of 2017, I didn't have Damn on there. I didn't have Damn on there because I was slighting Kendrick or that it was a terrible album. It was just that I didn't listen to it. And part of the reason why I didn't listen to it, and, and let me let me put a disclaimer out there and make this clear to people. I love Kendrick Lamar. He's one of my favorite artists. Uh, you know, I love Section 80 that came out. I mean, that, you know, before people knew who he was, before Good Kid, Mad City, I listened to him then. I love that album. That's arguably a classic. No, not arguably. In my opinion, that's a classic album before Good, uh, 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 Good Kid, Mad City. That came out, of course, the, the debut album. And that was great. And then I loved To Pimp a Butterfly. A lot of people that are fans of Kendrick weren't really into it because it had a big social message. It was a lot of jazz on that album. And, you know, it wasn't really their cup of tea. But for me, I loved it. I loved it. I love what Kendrick was going with To, uh, with, uh, to Pimp a Butterfly. How he just completely uh, just went, you know, jazzy, went more introspective. It was just a really deep album, and I loved it. And I bought that album as well. I bought the first two albums. And far as you know, as far as Damn is concerned, I kind of fell back because, I mean, once he released the album cover, people went mental. They were just going crazy. Ah, Kendrick, Kendrick, he's dropping, he's dropping. And it was just like, I'm one of those people that I hate when things get too hyped. When it gets too, too hyped, it turns me off to me wanting to consume it because I'm like, well, you took all the fun away from me. I want to discover it myself. I want to discover what I like about it. I want to discover the the great qualities of this product. And if people hype the damn, the, 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 the bejesus out of it, it just turns me off. And, 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 and that, that goes with all forms of entertainment for me, whether that's music, whether that's movies television etc if something is so hyped i i just it turns me off and that was just the situation i had with damn and why i haven't listened to it to this day you know plus i mean i don't have to re-listen to it because the radio plays pretty much the entire freaking album <laughs> so you know you know on to uh, onward uh for, uh away from kendrick situation so I already knew Kendrick was going to win a lot, but I think they could have threw at least a bone to Jay-Z. Jay-Z was honored by Clive Davis, the industry icon, uh, the night before, kind of like a sort of kind of like a lifetime achievement award. But I thought that that momentum would bring him into Grammy night and that the Grammys would even, I dare say, give him record of the year. Because 444 was a really great album. But, little did we know, he was slighted. He was snubbed. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Jay-Z was snubbed. Jay-Z didn't get the uh, the recognition he deserved. Now, does Jay-Z need it? Everybody knows he's great. Everybody knows his greatness. He's almost, you know, he's going to be a billionaire. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not going to... Uh, cause Jay-Z to lose sleep but I do I do think he does somewhat care though of course he knew going into the night that he wasn't going to win those awards when you're as big of a star as Jay-Z is not just in music but in business (laughs) 
you best believe he already know what the script is before everybody know what the script is. So he knew he wasn't going to win those awards. But for him, it was just like, I'm showing face. I'm showing my support for the, not only uh, the artists and the upcoming artists and the people that are paving the way right now, like the Kendricks and the Scissors of the World or whatnot. I'm also kind of showing good face with the Grammys because now him and the Grammys are you know, have worked out their differences, I guess. So now Jay-Z's a little bit more supportive of what the Grammys are doing right now in this present day. So I get it. He didn't really, you know, he put on a good face <laughs> on Grandma Knight. But trust me, the competitor in Jay-Z is like, no, nah, no, nah, man. I should have won Best Rap Album or Best Rap Artist. That should have been me. And I should have won Record of the Year. That's the competitor in Jay-Z. That's what he was secretly saying to himself inside. <laughs> you know, I'm not Dionne Warwick. I'm not a, a, a Miss Cleo back in the days. So I'm not going to pretend that I can read minds or anything like that. But I know as a competitor, you want to be the best. And you don't get to a Jay-Z level by wanting to be second. That dude has a different type of drive. That's why he is who he is today. So I know deep down inside, he wished he would have walked away with something. But that's my contention. I, I was just upset that Jay-Z didn't win an award for that great piece of work that he put out with 444. But on to another uh, award that was given away that I had a big issue with, and that's with Alicia Cara. Alicia Cara. Well, I hope I'm saying her name. I always say her name wrong. You guys can correct me down there in the comment section below if I'm off base here. But Alexa Cara, Alicia Cara, whatever how you pronounce her name, she won Best New Artist. Best New Artist. <laughs> so as they were listing this off, and, you know, I didn't think about it. As they're saying the names in the category, it was a SZA, and it was, like, you know, Black, and it was, you know, Alicia Cara, and it was uh, Khalid, and it was all these great artists. I didn't think about it at the time until Alicia Cara won the award, when I said to myself, I said this right next to my wife. We were on the couch watching the show. And I said to her, I said, wait a minute. Alicia Cara has been out for years. How is she a new artist? I, she, I believe she came out in 2015. Her, her debut album was 2015. And she had a top five Billboard single off that album. How in the world is she a new artist? How? So it just blew my mind that. They had the audacity to put this girl in a best new artist category, which she's been in the game already and successful. You know, she had, you know, she's already been in the game. So I'm, I'm just confused. I don't know if it was an error on the part of the Grammys board or I don't know what it was. Or if it was just some really, really good politicking by her, her uh, label to get her in that category to give her an award. Because we all know these award shows are all politics, especially the Grammys or something like the Oscars. It's all politics. It's all back-channeling. There's people who've won these awards. I remember Ashanti uh, going on, you know, uh, speaking on one of the shows online. I don't want to say their names. But I remember Ashanti saying it when she won her uh, Grammy that, yeah, there's some, there's some back-channeling going on. There's some politicking going on between the labels and those who are in charge of making uh, decisions when it comes to these votes. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised or it wouldn't be out 
of the realm of you know some type of politicking that was going on to, to get Alicia Cara, Alicia Cara, uh, this award. So I wouldn't have been surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's one of these situations that happened because it's blatantly obvious that she's been around for a while. So I, I don't know if you guys changed the criteria far <laughs> or, or what, whatever the case is, but I just found it extremely bizarre that she won that award. Uh, I would have given that award to SZA. That would have been my first choice because SZA is white hot. She was hot all through the summer. She's got one of the number one singles right now with Maroon 5's Adam freaking Levine. All right? She's got a number one single right now with Adam Levine. So the fact that she's not getting that award is a little mind-boggling as well. Or if she doesn't get that award, how about giving that award to Khalid? Khalid's been hot all year. All 2017, Khalid was hot. I mean, he's got a big tour He's headlining his own tour. He's doing a lot of things. This kid is white hot himself. So, you know, it's just confusing to me, you know. But, again, you just get used to how these guys handle these things. You know, you don't want to put too much stock into these types of award shows because, again, there's back-channeling going on. There's politicking going on. And that's how they decide who wins what. I mean, that's what it is at the end of the day. But as far as the... Uh, performances go I mean it was a lot of great performances you know I, I like I do like the fact that they kind of got to the performances it wasn't like a I don't know I, I think the they were a little speedy when it came to the performances they it, it just seemed uh, more fluent like they were just getting to performances in good due time like it wasn't like you were it was a a lull or a drag in between performances. They when they told you that somebody was performing, it was coming right up, and boom, they write to the next performance, write to the next award. So I did like the flow of the award show. It didn't drag really for me at least. But um, far as my top performances, a lot of people had really a lot of uh, a lot of good performances. I mean, I loved uh, Lady Gaga's performance. She performed Joanne. She performed Million Reasons, and. She didn't even win an award. She should have won pop, uh, I don't remember, was it pop artist of the year or, or song? I don't know what it was, what category it was. But Million Reasons is a really good freaking song. That's going to be a song. No, they gave, okay, yeah, I remember now. They gave, Ed Sheeran was in the same category. It was like best pop song or best pop artist. I don't remember what it was. But Ed Sheeran takes the award. First of all, Ed Sheeran's not even in a freaking building, right? But he wins the award for uh, Shape of You. Shape of You, first of all, is a great song. It's nice if you're cleaning up the house or something, right? But it ain't his best work. Let's keep it 100. Let's keep it all the way 100. That's not Ed Sheeran's best work. The fact that you didn't give that award to Gaga with, for th that incredible song with Million Reasons. Million Reasons is like an all-time ballad right now. You, That's some song you're going to hear played several years from now i guarantee you the shape of you won't be getting played like million reasons several years from now like million reasons is going to get played and the fact that shape of you ed sharon's like bottom of the barrel uh art got picked over million reasons is another black eye as far as how they choose these these awards i, I think that was a joke so you know <laughs> you know Rant aside, 
Gaga's performance was really good. Uh, Pink had another. He, she had a solid performance. I mean, Pink is always. She always delivers with her performances. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, oh yeah, of course Kendrick's performance was great. And my my favorite performance was um, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. Man, his dude is super talented. I mean, he is so talented. I know a lot of people who didn't even know that he can sing like he can sing. Like, they was like, man, that's, that, what's his name? Oh, it's Childish Gambino. Oh, man, he could really sing. I didn't know he could sing like that. A lot of people didn't know Donald Glover could sing like that. And I call him the modern-day Jamie Foxx. I mean, why I say that? The boy can sing. The boy could uh, rap. The boy could act. The boy could uh, uh, direct. He could uh, do stand-up comedy. I mean, the guy is really a legit jack-of-all-trades. So to even be put in the same sentence or same arena or same room as Jamie Foxx is impressive in itself, but he deserves it because he can do a lot of things at a high level. Plus, I can't wait for his uh, Atlanta show season two that's coming out in march that's gonna be pretty dope i wanna i'm still holding out judgment on atlanta i like the show in season one but i want to see some more consistency i want to see some more flow in this second season but that's just a side note but anyway dude had a really rocking performance i enjoyed it um it is surprising me because i've been kind of following him for a long time i mean i was following him obviously through the show the uh, comedy show uh a community, you know, when he was playing a character Troy, and you know, he was funny then, and he was talented then, and I have a uh, a mutual friend that's been kind of following him before even community, you know, and I was, you know, so I've had tabs on him for several years as well, so I've always kind of known how talented he was, and it's good to see uh, others seeing how talented he is. So shout out to uh, Childish Gambino, man, and oh. Supposedly, he's supposed to be playing um, Quincy Jones in a biopic. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't really read too much on it, but that's what the rumor is. He's supposed to be playing Quincy Jones. And if that's the case, man, that's going to be um, interesting to see. Because Quincy, Quincy Jones is a legend. He's an icon in this industry. I mean, the guy wrote the Fred Sanford I remember a, a story, Artie Lang, uh, the comedian Artie Lang, who used to be on Mad TV. He used to be on the Howard Stern show. And, I mean, I love his comedy, but he's got some demons. But anyway, I remember Artie Lang telling a story about him, about Quincy Jones, and how uh, basically summarizing his greatness. Because I think Quincy Jones used to be a, you know, a creator or a director or whatever the case may be on that TV show, Mad TV. And... He told a story to Artie Lang that Artie Lang shared with everybody else saying that, hey, you know, when you're in your downs and you're uh, going through your addiction and whatnot, you know, don't let that drive you down to the point of you entertaining and basically getting out your art. And he told Artie, hey, you know, I wrote the Fred Sanford song, you know, for Red Fox, you know, Sanford and Son, that classic show. Um a lot of people don't know Quincy Jones wrote that 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 um that theme music for that show. And he said that he wrote it 
and he did it some something crazy like he came because red fox wanted him because he was good friends with red fox red fox wanted quincy to come up with something for the show and he said something crazy i don't remember the exact time frame but he said he created it in some ridiculous time like 10 15 minutes he created the theme song but he was high off he was high on opium so he created this all-time great theme song everybody knows the sanford and son theme song he created that in like I don't know, I remember the time, 10, 20 minutes, high off of opium. So that's a little bit of the greatness of Quincy Jones. The guy is like out of this world great. And then we all know all the stuff he did for Michael Jackson and producing and directing, basically the head curator for uh, the Thriller album, which is probably arguably the greatest album of all time, statistically. So... If he's going to play that guy, yes, Donald Glover is definitely uh, crossing over into some rarefied air, might I add. But yeah, I mean, other than that, Grammys is pretty cool. Kendrick won a big award. Bruno Mars won an award. I think he won like the biggest award album of the year. He won it last year as well. So he's he, Bruno Mars is becoming, like I said, what Kendrick's becoming. They're, they're becoming pizza. You love pizza. You love pizza. But it's getting to the point where it's like you're going to get tired of eating pizza because they're just giving these guys all these awards. And, and and that's not – I'm not trying to diminish their greatness, but there's a lot of other great shit out there. You know what I mean? So I understand Kendrick and Bruno is the flavor of the month right now. But let's try some different flavors because there's a lot of great flavors out there if you get my drift. But – on to something else. Let's get off of the Grammys, man. The Grammys were cool this year, um, but, you know, it is what it is as far as the selection process. They still got some work to do on that. But I, um, I think, let me see here, um, topic here. Joy Vila. I don't really know too much about this chick. It's Joy Vila. I've seen some article of her on the red carpet um, with some dress she had on that grabbed some attention because it was a, she was making a, a statement about pro-life. And how, she, you know, her stance far as being pro-life, being all about life and, you know, far as the conception of life and, you know, that whole conservative mindset, you know. Oh, excuse me, I had to take me some water. You know, that whole mindset that these conservatives have about pro-life. I respect everybody's political opinions and um and and everyone is entitled to what they believe in and what their beliefs are. But I think it's just a better time and place for that type of stuff. Pro-life, if you're pro-life, that's fine. You know, I'm pro-choice. I, I just believe in people having the choice to do what they feel they want to do with their bodies. You know, that's what I feel like. And um, I, I just, you know, I just find it really funny that conservatives are the first ones to tell you about how bad big government is, how bad this, that, and the third is. But they love big government. They like to project. You know, I'm going to go on a little side political rant. I'm sorry. I just don't, I just really, really dislike how conservatives project onto progressives. They try to put paint progressives as the ones who love big government, who love this. Anything that has to do about socialism and big government and things like that. 
they try to paint us with this weird paintbrush or this weird this weird uh, mixture of colors when in reality they're the ones that love big government they're the ones that love to tell you what you need to do far as choices in your life and what you should do with your body <laughs> there's a lot of politicians who like to tell women what they should do and what they shouldn't do with their own bodies and they want the government to get in and and, and and make those decisions. But they don't like big government. But they, they love big government when it comes to telling you or telling a woman how she should uh, control her body or what she should do with her body. So, you know, they, they, they're the biggest hypocrites in the world. So, you know, I don't know who this chick is. I'm spending too much time talking about her. This Joy Vila chick. Who cares about your pro-life thing? Go to your little conservative rallies and promote it there. Don't promote it at a venue like the, the Grammys, for God's sakes. All right? Onward. On to something else. Let's get to Blake Griffin. So, um, I'm glad I, I took the time to record this a little later. Because a huge bombshell, far as the NBA trade deadline is concerned, broke um, literally last night when I was working. And that blockbuster is... The Blake Griffin trade. So Blake Griffin, if you know NBA, anything about the NBA, Blake Griffin is like, you know, an all-star. He plays on the Los Angeles Clippers, you know, slam former slam dunk champion. Uh, he's the guy that jumped over the Kia car. He's the guy that has all those funny commercials with the peanut butter and jelly. I can't remember what company that is when he was making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, talking about the, the perfect ratio of peanut butter and jelly. You know, so he's a funny dude. He's had skits with uh, Drake. On the SPs. Um, so, you know, that's Blake Griffin. So, he's the star. Um, and the Clippers, after signing him to a massive five-year, $170-plus-million-dollar deal in the summer last year, several months later, before the trade deadline last night, decided to just cut ties with him. Moved on. Decided to uh, trade him. Over to the Detroit Pistons. So the Pistons gave up a bunch of players like Tobias Harris and Bradley, uh, Avery Bradley and a, a, a first round and second round pick um, and send those pieces off to the Los Angeles Clippers. In return, they got Blake Griffin. I think um, they got a couple other little complimentary players, players that don't really matter. But now the Detroit Pistons have Blake Griffin. Now, you know, Blake Griffin is an interesting case study because the guy is super talented, but he does have issues staying healthy. He does have issues staying healthy, and he doesn't really have those leadership tangibles that you want in a player if you're trying to go and win the ultimate prize, which is an NBA championship. I understand that. However, you got to look at it from the Detroit Pistons perspective. They got a new spanking spanking brand new arena that's in the center of downtown detroit they can't fill the seats because there's no reason to fill the seats there's no excitement that that uh, that the fan base have with that team and its current state so those guys are like look we got to put some asses in these seats we just bought this stadium we need to fill these seats and get some asses in here what better play? What a uh, better player to do that than Blake Griffin? You know he's a human highlight reel. You're gonna see some nice slam dunks from him. You're gonna see some good play from him, and he's a big time name. So 
the Pistons look at it from a, 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 a you know a whole bunch of different perspectives. Of course, they look at it from a monetary level, where it's like, okay, we need people in these seats. That's point number one. We need to fill these seats. <laughs> and ownership, that's what they care about. They care about the money even more than winning championships, obviously, because this is a business. We understand that. So they get Blake in. Blake will definitely help when it comes to those ticket prices, those ticket sales. Two is it also shows that, which, which is most important to them right now, they have a star there. That star is Andre Drummond. And it shows him, look, we are committed to you for the long haul. We want you to be committed to us for the long haul. And it shows a good faith toward him. Like, look, we bring in Blake Griffin. You guys are going to play probably great together for, you know, God forbid injuries and, and all of that. Hopefully they both stay healthy. But Blake Griffin's tied up. He's locked in for at least three or four years. And it shows Andre Drummond, look, sign with us. You know, because it shows him, look, we are trying to win and we want to keep you here. So here's a person that could definitely help us. I mean, now, granted, it's the Eastern Conference. It's not, you know, the A Conference. The A Conference is the West. We all know that with Golden State and the Rockets and and the San Antonio Spurs and all of those other great teams that compete every year. I mean, that, that conference is loaded with talent. But in the Eastern Conference, I think this trade is good enough to get these guys into the playoffs. And if you get into the playoffs, that Detroit fan base will come out because they are a loyal fan base. They are a great sports uh, city. You know, they they show support for their teams. They love their Detroit Red Rings. They love their Detroit Tigers. And they love their Pistons. So uh, it's definitely a good move on their end because it's like, look, we could get those ticket prices up. I mean, those ticket sales up. And also, we could show good faith to our star player, our franchise player, and Andre Drummond, and potentially get him to sign with us again. Because Andre Drummond is a stud, man. He's one of the best big men in the league. I believe he's like only 22, 23 years old. You know? So, if you could get him back under, um, sign him him up, get him locked up for a few more years. You already got Blake locked up for a few years if you keep him. And... You got some, you know, good pieces there. You still have Reggie Jackson at point guard. Granted, he can't stay healthy if it saved his life. But you do have some pieces there. So I don't know what their cap situation is. Um, I don't know if they can add another max player at the end of this season or not. But, hey, they just taking those small steps. And I, I totally understand their perspective and taking that massive contract of Blake Griffin, I understand, man. They're looking at the long haul. They're like, look, man, we're just trying to put asses in the seats in this new arena we bought. <laughs> and we're trying to keep our franchise playing Andre Drummond. So I totally get it. As far as the Clippers is concerned, it's another good uh, deal for them because they're like, hey, we we, we offload all this money, get the all this money off the books, potentially get ourselves out of luxury tax. And we get all of these picks and these young players in return. It's a no-brainer. Now, obviously, you got Jerry West over there. He's like an architect when it comes to creating these dynasty teams. He was the linchpin when it came to the, the that 
that Lakers dynasty with getting Shaquille O'Neal away from Orlando. He drafted Kobe Bryant. He brought Phil Jackson in. And the rest is history. We all know they almost won four straight championships. That was Jerry West. Jerry West also was integral in, uh, you know, creating basically what we see right now with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis Grizzlies was an expansion team, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And it was just nothing. It was dormant until he got there, got a lot of different players, drafted very well, the, the Marcus Gasols, and, and he had, you know, Randolph. He traded, you know, Zach Randolph traded for him, and he got he drafted Conley, Mike Conley. And all of that, all of those had Jerry West's fingerprints on it. And his fingerprints is all over this current Golden State Warriors team. Jerry West had input on a lot of that. And all of those guys, I know people uh, like to bitch and moan about how uh, about uh, the Warriors' greatness, but 90% of that team, of the important players on that team, is they they, they were you know they were drafted. Draymond Green was drafted. Klay Thompson was drafted. Steph Curry was drafted. These guys were drafted. So you know, with the exception of KD, Kevin Durant who came there, you know, during free agency, the bulk of their team, the the foundation of their team came through the draft. And Jerry West had a big part in that. So, you know, just to put a cap on this Blake Griffith trade, um, I understand it from the Detroit Pistons perspective. I'm not sure how the Detroit Pistons fan base feel about it. Um, I have to imagine they feel somewhat, excited because now they have a reason to go and watch the games but other than that um uh, you know the Clippers came off you know I think it's a win-win on both ends and it's going to be interesting to see what the Clippers do next because now they're still talking about trading DeAndre Jordan their center and they're you know even potentially going to deal off Lou Williams so you know the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics they're in the mix who knows what's going to happen and with this extra cap space that they freed up, maybe the Clippers make a run at LeBron in the summer. I don't know. I'm just saying. That'll be interesting. But last topic I want to talk about to end the podcast, episode 21, Voice Junkie Podcast. Um, I want to talk about this 2018 XXL freshman class. Double XL, if you don't know, Double XL is a media publication, hip hop oriented. They have this freshman class thing they do. It's a big deal. It's what they do. They've done for several years now. So it's basically a collection of artists that they feel are the most influential up and comers. Now, do I believe is politics involved in the selection process? Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. You talking about payola, baby. Payola runs the industry. It is rampant. It's like a, a, a an infection. It's a disease when it comes to the music business, especially the music business. I mean, it controls the industry. So does XXL have some, do they have their hands on some of that money? Yeah, you best believe they do. But let me get into the list. Some of these people I've heard before. Some of these people I haven't heard before. I'm sorry if, you know, some of you out there who've heard some of these names, please, by all means, educate me. 
But let me let me go from one to ten here. So they got Takashi six nine. You know that's the guy, the little Asian dude from the Brooklyn who's you know pretty hot right now. He's you know he got the rainbow colored hair and he wears red and he could be potentially beefing with Casanova. Um, yeah, whatever. So he's on there. You got this other guy named Jay Critch. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. Uh, Des the Menace. I'm just reading this list. Trippy Red. That's somebody that you know's been getting a little bit of buzz. People know about him. Uh, Price Honcho, uh, Little Pump. You know Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, all that jazz. And then you got Young Tango, Bad Bobby, Quay Lit E. I don't know how you say that. Quay Lit E and Rich Chigga. Or um, I think he's changed his name. Um, I can't remember. He, I think Rich Chigga changed his name because uh, he didn't want the Chigga name to be um, misinterpreted with something else. Um, but anyway, I know Rich Chigga. I actually like Rich Chigga. He he that kid is he's like a. If you don't know him, he's a he's actually I think he's from Vietnam. He's Vietnamese, I believe. I, I could be wrong. Or he's either no, he's Korean. He's either Korean or Vietnamese. I don't remember. But, you know, he's an internet sensation. He used to be on Vine. But the kid could produce his ass off. He's got a lot of dope tracks, man. Check him out. Rich Chigga. He's got a new single out with 21 Savage. That's pretty dope. He produces all the, the beats that he raps over. So, I mean, I think he's actually pretty... Uh, slept on as a producer and i wouldn't be surprised if he gets some more work put in this year especially being put on this list but anyway now i want to get to one of these names that stuck out to me bad bobby now you're like who the hell is bad bobby (laughs) let me let me tell you real quick who she is she was she has been rebranded as bad bobby she is bum 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 she's the chick the Catch Me Outside girl. Catch Me Outside. How about that? That little girl, that little badass little white girl. That's Bad Bobby. Yes. Bad Bobby is her. She's an artist now. She's a rapper now. Of course. What a wonderful coincidence. Everybody could be a anybody right now could be a rapper. Quality, it just proves quality doesn't matter. It's all about how viral you are. Do you have a base? They could care less about if you're really talented or not because they can make up for the talent. They want the influence. So, yeah, Bad Bobby, the Catch Me Outside girl, she has made the XXL finals list. She is a part of the new XXL class. Why? Who knows? You know, I know she is very popular online and all these other things, but I could tell you what, there's a lot of people who don't even know she raps. But she still somehow made the double XL list. I can understand Takashi six nine. Actually, I don't even understand why a Takashi six nine, a Trippy Red, a Little Pump, and even a Rich Chigga. Why would you want to be on the double XL? These guys are pretty big by themselves. Traditionally, when you on this list and this and and, and you want to make it on the freshman class, that's because you want that extra boost far as trying to get uh, more notoriety. Those four that I just named, they don't need no goddamn double XL to get more notoriety. They already have the notoriety. They already have the base. So I'm just a little confused by 
why they would even accept being on there <laughs> unless they're getting paid to be on there. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case either. Like I said, payola runs rampant. It's a disease in this business. But anyway, back to the list. Yeah, so Bad Bobby, man, she she's she's a rapper now. She's rapping. She's spitting that fire. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Of course I'm joking. So I haven't heard any music from her. Um, of course, expect to hear a lot of music from her this year because she's signed to Atlantic Records, who also has the code, you know, Atlantic Records has Kodak Black on there. They have little Uzi Vert. And they have everyone's beloved Cardi B on the same label. <laughs> it's like they're signing reality TV stars, basically, over there in Atlantic. But to their credit, man, they're still churning out the hits. They're still getting the hits out. So, you know, obviously that little formula they got going on over there in Atlantic Records is working. Because they're just pulling reality TV stars off of TV, signing them with contracts, and putting hits out with those same talents. So, you know, you got to give, you got to tip your cap to these dudes, you know. So, we'll see what's going to happen with that Catch Me Outside girl, a.k.a. Uh, Bad Bobby. We'll see uh, what the wave is with her and how, you know, what the plan is with her. Because right now, the main focus, obviously, for Atlantic Records is Cardi B. But, yeah, man, it's an interesting list. Um I think I'm going to see, you know, I'm going to pay attention to it as it rolls out. They, you know, they they slowly roll out these these videos. I hate how XXL does it. I mean, they milk the living. The, they, they milk this thing so hard. Pause. They milk this thing, man, because this is the biggest thing that they do, you know, uh, each year. So they they're going to leak. They're going to they're going to milk this thing dry for the next hell two months so i'll be paying attention to all the videos and all the freestyles that come out so i can uh definitely get a a a sense of who some of these other artists are but other than that yeah man that's what i have for the week man tell me what your thoughts is tell me what you think about this year's 2018 double xl freshman class uh sports fans tell me what you think about the blake griffin trade to the detroit pistons and also, last but not least, um, you know, the Grammys. What you thought about it? Let me know what your thoughts was, your best performance, or who you thought got snubbed, who should have got an award, or who shouldn't have gotten an award. I'd like to know all of those details down there below in the comment section. Other than that, follow me on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, same username, at Chuck Westworld. Follow me on all those platforms. I'm very social, man. You holler at me, I'll holler back. All right? So follow me at Chuck Westworld, all social media platforms. And if you want to support independent media and support what I do here on the Voice Junkie podcast and also the little videos that I try to put together on uh, YouTube, please, by all means, become a Patreon, uh, become a boss, become a believer. Uh, those are the two different tiers that I have on Patreon.com slash Chuck Westworld. You know, become a Patreon, man. Support independent media. Help me grow this platform. And um, that would be awesome, okay? So become a believer or the boss. I got the link down there in the description box below. That would be awesome if you guys did that and supported this podcast. And supported my platform overall, all right? So other than that, I'm out of here. This is episode 21. Share 
post, comment, do all of those great social things. I'll see y'all in the next episode, all right? Peace.